0: NFL Films nailed it with this piece right here. The Raiders. Raider analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us right now. He's also a Pac-12 Network analyst. Lincoln, good morning.
1: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today?
0: Uh, we are good. We're good. How are you?
1: Can't complain. I really can't. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in this world, but I'm, I'm a, I and myself, my family are healthy. We're strong, and, and we're just trying to do our thing to to keep it keep it moving. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Football Fridays here on the Zone Sports Network and coverage of the Raiders game against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday is brought to you by America First Credit Union the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card same great features and benefits now with silver and black learn more at americafirst.com slash Raiders I want to ask you about Utah and USC but let's start with the Raiders they're playing the Chiefs it's the Sunday night game and so Andy Reid and a lot of people follow Andy here because he was at BYU and now he's got local players on his team too Uh, Sorensen's done really good stuff for them. Um, So he, in his press conference, uh, references the bus circling the parking (laughs) lot and taking a victory lap, which, in the scheme of everything going on in the world, really qualifies as nothing. (laughs) However... If it somehow focuses unfocused players and somehow taps into some part of their, you know, 16-year-old self that is insulted by this in a very high school sort of way and gets them to play better, I guess, you know, push the psychological buttons as it works. But as a guy who played in the pros, didn't a bunch of guys in the locker room roll their eyes when they heard that?
1: You know, the thing is, is that when you come into the league, no matter where you're, you come up or your demographics, you're supposed to take on a personality. And that's not just the league, but when you come into a team, an atmosphere, you're supposed to take on the personality or the identity of that team. You're supposed to assume it. You're supposed to pick up the tradition that was laid before you to address it. For example, if you play at Utah, no matter where you grow up, you're supposed to hate BYU. doesn't matter, and vice versa, or Utah State, or any other you know, uh, team in your conference that's supposed to be a quote-unquote rivalry. I say that to say this. You know, the rivalries, in my opinion, on all levels, aren't as strong or as bittersweet, if you will, as they they were in in the past. And that could be blamed on a lot of reasons. But I don't think you really need a whole lot of motivation to get up for this game if you're a Kansas City Chief or if you're a Las Vegas Raider. I don't think that you... Have to wake up and say, Man, I need to give me something to get going because I gotta take on this other team. It should be there. And it should be there for nothing else because you want to be a champion. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you want to showcase that you are defending Super Bowl champions, you want to go back to the Super Bowl, you've got the best team, you've got the best offense, you've got the best, best everything, and you want to beat up on people because you want to keep pace for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're the Las Vegas Raiders, you want to show that, you know what, we're a team to be contended with, we're up here, and, yes, we beat you once before, and we're going to show you how good we are because we're going to try to beat you once again. There should not have to be a lack of motivation for this game. It's funny that we're talking about a bus or a group of buses <laughs> taking a lap around the stadium as, oh, let's use that as motivation. That should get you hyped. <laughs> how dare they disrespect your stadium by taking a victory lap around when the essence of the story came down, there was a bus driver, part of the group of buses uh, for the Raiders, um, who was a, a, an avid Kansas City chief fan, and he was bitter that his team just lost to the Raiders in Kansas City. He expressed that bitterment uh, to the coaching staff, and John Gruden got, caught wind of it. He said, oh, really? Oh, well, let's take a lap around the stadium. He's got to do what we do because we're paying him this time. And that's how this whole thing came to fruition. <laughs> So go figure, huh? Go figure. This is
2: what we're dealing with these days. Yeah, it seems a little funny and silly uh, <laughs> uh, about all this stuff, especially with the grown men. Yeah. It, it, there's, you know, every game counts in the NFL, 1 through 16, Certainly. and you know, and, and I guess in a divisional game would, you can saddle them with a the loss, so maybe – it counts a little bit more than that but you know they all matter but i am wondering about a player getting excited maybe to have the stage to themselves on a sunday night how about that
1: you know what if you're patrick Mahomes, and and anyone who knows patrick um or as there's met him you know and talk to him know he's a very prideful person and i'm putting that lightly um uh, most might seem that he's on a borderline of being somewhat cocky um it is what it is he's a damn good quarterback. Um, so I could get it. I get it. <laughs> you know, you got, you got a, the ability like that, especially with the talent you are. But my, my point is, is that if you're Patrick Mahomes, you have a premier stage, a team embarrassed you at your home stadium, they showed constant close-ups of what he was mouthing on the sideline, his frustration and everything the last time they played in week five at Arrowhead. Now you want to show different. You want to go out there and show why you're number one. Now, in the case in point... When the Ravens played the Chiefs on, what was that, Sunday night or Monday night, whatever it was, premier TV, um, there was a classic point where the, once the Ravens drove down with that first touchdown, um, the, and the Chiefs came, came in, oh, is it, you saw Patrick, you know, with what, what, a sort of jest on his chest, so like, you know what, okay, all right, I'm going to show you something. And he went out there and showed his ass and played very well for four quarters and basically beat the snot out of the Ravens, said, you know what, you're not there yet. Um, I think you're, you're going to have that sort of feeling by Patrick Mahomes this time. He's really going to try to take it to the Raiders and, and embarrass them in their home stadium.
0: So he can have swagger to the point of being arrogant, but when you're trying to be literally the best at what you do, it seems to me like that's part of the equation. A long time ago, when Michael Jordan was chasing his sixth title here in Utah, my mom, who didn't watch much sports, said on the phone, I don't like the Bulls. They carry themselves. They, they think they're better than everybody else. And my dad is on the phone in the days when that was a thing. Uh, and there were multiple extensions on a landline. Right. And he laughed. I could hear him giggling. And it's because he's a huge sports fan. I'm like, well, they are better than everybody else. Of course <laughs> they think that. And that's what I told her. And so when I hear that about Mahomes, I'm thinking, well, is Aaron Rodgers any different? Is Brady any different? Even even if Brady's down the other side of the mountain and he's not that guy anymore, right. he's still going to carry himself like that, and that would go to whatever sport at whatever level. Aren't the best going to carry themselves that way?
1: Yes, and they're going to show up and, and, and prove it, and they're going to show you why they feel that they're the best. Look, there are many people, and I'm not necessarily one of them, if Patrick Mahomes, for some reason, stopped playing today, is he a Hall of Famer? That's the question you have to ask.
0: Yeah. I think once you have an MVP in a Super Bowl championship, how are you not a Hall of Famer?
1: And see, there are a lot of people who are that thinking. I'm, I'm saying, you know what, I, I, I understand that he is a great player. I am not underestimating him in the slightest bit. But he also has the fortune of being surrounded by immeasurable talent. When you talk about the receivers and everything he has to go through and the, and the coaching staff that he had to be as fondly of, I would say he needs to do it a little bit more. Just show me a little, two or three more years of this greatness and yes, I will anoint you a Hall of Famer. Because you, I, I think about when it comes to the Hall of Fame and telling the story of the National Football League, I'm thinking about length and consistency. And there's no doubt in my mind Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. I'm not 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 slighting in any any way, you know. But you know when I think of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, what sits in my mind is the guys that did it over time, like you know a uh, 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 Dan Marino or John Elway or uh, uh, Steve Young. It wasn't just a so, you know a four-year window, if you will, uh, when they got it right, like a college thing, it was something that lasted more than that. But my, I say that to say this. There is, a, there is a level of arrogance that's to be expected with any notable player, and you mentioned it. I think Aaron Rodgers had, and he only won, he's only won one Super Bowl. But it's not about the, the hardware that defines him. Aaron Rodgers has been a great quarterback over the length of his career, uh, how many every he's he's played in it. So I think he's deserved that honor. But, you know, Minus the shine, uh, because there's been a lot of notable quarterbacks in my mind that had, haven't had the shine, but might be deemed as Hall of Famers, depending on how you look at them. like, Philip Rivers. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Um, you ask the question, look at the numbers. He doesn't want it to the Super Bowl, but you look at the numbers over the consistency. I think you got to have them in a the conversation. Is Eli Manning an automatic Hall of Famer just because he won two Super Bowls? Hasn't been glaring numbers, but he's won two Super Bowls. So what do you base it off? you base it off of the hardware? You base it off a level of consistency, You base it off the number of years. These are all arguments that we always have when it comes to Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, for sure. So it makes it fun, actually, <laughs> when you certainly. think about it. Yeah. So you look at the Chiefs, they're already there. Everybody's chasing them. Certainly. The Raiders, there's somewhat of a team on the come, upstart and so forth. And certainly if they win, I mean, that – in my mind, okay, you're, you beat the Chiefs twice. That's not a fluke. You're legitimate. You just didn't have a good game one day, and they weren't quite as good. Beat right. them two times in a row. But how much do you think that the Raiders believe that they're on the level of the Chiefs? How much do you think they believe themselves? That's a good question.
1: Um, I think if they're being realistic, they know that they can compete with anyone, but they also have to have everything that kind of falls right. Right. When the Raiders played the Chiefs in Week 5 in Arrowhead, they played damn near a perfect game. Didn't have as many turnovers. Didn't have as many penalties. Didn't have as many miscues. Scored touchdowns. And that's sort of the perfect combination that you need to beat a team of the Chiefs quality. Um, I know a number of guys in that Las Vegas Raiders locker room that feel that they are as good or want to be. I just don't know if they truly understand what they're saying because the, the Raiders team is a very young team. If you look at it, I mean Derek Carr I think is in year seven. And not many people that are playing on this roster that are above that. And you talk about a championship quality team a caliber team, man, that's that's that, that, that's a lot. I'm not I don't I'm not sitting here trying to profess that I think the Raiders are a are a championship caliber team. I, I I think they're a playoff compatible team. Of course once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen as long as you're still playing. But um, I, I do think that the thorn in the side of this team, the Raiders, has been the Chiefs. Week 5 was a attention-getter because they finally answered that challenge. Oh, we can beat the Chiefs. And now they're on the verge since, what is it, 2012, I think it was, the last time the Raiders swept the Chiefs uh, in a the season. They're on the verge of doing something great. I still don't think they're a championship-caliber team, but if they beat the Chiefs twice... Then I know they will have the confidence they can compete with anyone when they get in the playoffs.
2: Right, right.
0: Let's go to college football now. Okay. Uh, it's Utah and it's USC.
2: Are they playing this game? It's going to be canceled. We're going to have two teams playing. The, hoping, 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 hoping. Hopin'. Okay, all right. I think that the Utes, more hope than I do.
0: I think the Utes have had a lot of guys <laughs> come out of the 14-day window, and uh-huh. that group of players, I think. Um, push the number over the last two weeks but it could still it could, you know, there could be another group of players who test positive, but I think the fact that that group is back, I think Kyle Whittingham just sounded different this week, he sounded more positive, but there are no guarantees it's 2020. You know what,
1: to be honest guys, I I love the game of football I love the Pac-12 conference, you guys know me, we've done this for many years I just really don't know what to make of what we're seeing here, I don't because I don't know what's going to happen every day something can change yep and right, so right. I can't get my hopes up to watch, in all honesty, I can't get my hopes up to watch SC and Utah go at it, when tomorrow it might be different. <laughs> yeah. and, right. and and I don't know what to make of this, because as an analyst, I try to break down what I'm possibly going to see, or what I'm looking forward to. Half the time now, with college football especially, I don't know if those players are going to be available. Right. More importantly, I don't know if the game's going to be available.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, of what you have seen of USC in these two games... They're beatable. Yeah. There you go. They're not figuring stuff out. They're going to be flawed going forward the way they've been flawed in these first two games. They're not going to figure it out. Without a doubt.
1: And and it's unfortunate from a national perspective because, really, in all honesty, there are only two teams in the Pac-12 that the, 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 the national perspective can hang its hat on. That's Oregon and that's USC. And both have looked flawed. And both are on the verge of losing the game.
2: Yeah, that's why, for me, I'm almost to the point, and I'm getting real, real close, particularly for the sake of Utah, since they already had two games canceled. Even if they run the table and there are four or five games, they're they're not going to get into the playoff because they just didn't have enough uh, enough games to be played. It, so I'm it, almost to the point series? of... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I'm thinking they should just use wanted, this season as a... Yeah, go ahead. Just use this season as a tune-up to get ready for next year. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And at this particular junction, as we sit here on what, November 20th? Does anybody know what next year is going to be like? Do uh, we honestly know what next season is going I, to be like? I,
0: mean, I, can't, we're, we're hopeful. I can't guarantee it, but I'm, I'm trying to be uh, positive and upbeat, and that the <laughs> vaccine is supposed to be generally available next summer. That's not everybody has it by next summer, from what I've read. So... I'm hoping it goes forward. I think where the Utes fit in the cycle, and PK was onto to this about three years ago, that Utah has to rebuild, they can't reload. And in three-year cycles, Kyle has improved the team in each of the three-year cycles over the nine years they've been in the league. And uh-huh. this was set up to be a rebuilding year with how many guys they sent to the NFL and how good they were over the last two years. Nobody has won the South three years in a row. Right. I wasn't planning on them winning the South this year. Right. They gotta break in a new quarterback. We weren't a hundred percent sure who it was gonna be. We flip flopped on who we thought it might be. Right. They gotta rebuild the whole defense. I thought if they could just look good, play well, and win a little more than their fair share of games this year, then they'd be set up for two big years because they're going to have, a, they should, off of recruiting, have a lot of good freshmen and sophomores. And so there ought to be the core of a good team for two years going forward. That was what I thought when we thought they were going to play 12 games, and that seems like it was about three or four years ago.
1: Right. So, what what does the grade come out when your possibility to play what four or five games?
0: Yeah, I I, honestly I don't think that they can go five and zero anyway. So I wouldn't worry about them being left out of the playoff at five and zero. Yeah. You know I don't. They've got so many question marks. Maybe they will answer them all positively and win a bunch of games. Then we'll be sitting here wishing that they played four more, so we had a real you know something closer to a real season. Five games is less than half a season. Somehow baseball pulled it off and it was okay. But with college football, you know you got somebody over here. Well, there was a tweet. One of the national guys tweeted out. I think Tulane's played ten games and is five and five, and Utah zero and zero. What a year! You know, yeah, there's I think we, I think we nothing saw that normal. last
1: night. I think it was um, the two teams that were playing Tulsa, Tulsa and, and Tulane.
0: Yeah, a Tulane. crazy game. Yeah,
1: that, that's right. I mean, I, the, the, when I saw the record. I think as you mentioned, Tulane was like five and five, and Tulsa was like four and one yeah I'm like what what kind of what kind of factor is that how do you How do you measure that yeah. and especially when it comes right. to football because it's single game played, it's not series that it's even if you play a good team and you beat that good team, are you anointed a good team and it's only your your first win, or it's the only time that you played them? Maybe you just got the best of them that day. You know that's that's the thing that's hard to gauge when it comes to football, and I think that's where we're at right now. And that's also why I say I'm not really sure what to make of the product, because I see a lot of sloppy football on the collegiate level. I don't know if that's sounded up because they didn't play, or the level of quality they played, or they're just not into it. I don't know what to make of it because you don't have a big enough you don't have a big enough sample size across the board. I mean, you have one conference that's going to play 11 games, and the other conference is going to play six games. How do you judge who's the better?
0: Oh, you blow off the Pac-12 because you wanted to do that in the first place. <laughs> that's, that's how that's going to work. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. All right, so Lincoln. I, well, before we go, Lincoln, yeah. I got an yeah. idea, and I want to run it by you. Eventually okay. we'll get back to normal. And Allegiant Stadium will be filled, and there'll be crazies running around, and we'll all enjoy life again the way we knew it. But my thought, since we're the Raider station, and we're helping build the product, that when we get to that point, one of those eight games, the Raiders have all the guys they who work for the zone, and they have us down for a game. Can we make that happen?
1: Uh-huh. I will talk to some people. I'm sure we can make that happen. <laughs> that would be awesome.
2: <laughs> that, that would be so – I mean, we're, we're Raiders north here. That, yeah. would, that would be so sweet.
1: I, you know what? You know what? I, you guys will be very impressed when you see Allegiant Stadium. It's the first time since my affiliation with the Raiders for a quarter of a century that the Raiders have a true home. And it looks like the Raiders. You feel it. You see it on the walls. You see it in the stadium. You don't have to worry about seeing green and white like at the Coliseum when they were sharing it with the A's. You don't have to see, you know, Trojan colors when they were in, in yeah. the Coliseum in Los Angeles sharing it with the, you know, FC. You know, it's, it feels home for the writers. And the view is beautiful. Once they open up the patio doors and you guys look across the 15 and you see the, the strip, you see, you know, the Luxor, you see the MGM and all that stuff,
0: it's, yeah.
1: it, it's beautiful. It's breathtaking.
0: Last thing before we let you go, the yeah, uh, you, you I just want to say how much you nailed this discussion earlier. You were talking about Mahomes is great, but he's got really good people around him. And does he appreciate right. the coaching staff, the rest of the offense, the defense? And it's probably hard for him to appreciate it because he hasn't been in a situation where he doesn't have it. He doesn't know right. how hard it is to put together. I mean, at some level he appreciates it, but he can't right. fully because he's not – 50 and he hasn't watched NFL talent wasted in bad organizations, right? And it made me think when you brought up that Hall of Fame thing you said, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Is Phillip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Rivers is with the Chargers because Eli Manning, I mean not only did Breeze move, but Eli Manning was their draft pick and Archie was in New Orleans in a bad organization. Yeah. And on some level with Dean taking over for Alex Banos, Archie knew Dean was Fredo. Yeah. And he wouldn't let his kid go there. It happened to me. It's not happening right. to you. It's going to be huge blowback when you leverage your way out of there. You'll look like the spoiled son of an NFL team. But I spent a decade getting beat up behind on a bad Saints team. And he got him in New York. He won two Super Bowls. Rivers may be the better quarterback, and he's got awesome stats. But with Fredo putting the team together, you really – You really nailed it, Lincoln, when you picked them as examples. I don't know how much of that you didn't want to explain, but you already knew. Well, I I
1: personally believe the Mannings are the equivalent to football as the Kennedys are to politics. I believe they have that much power. Yeah. And I believe you can watch watch as Archie Manning's grandson, I think, is playing at Ole Miss or one of the schools, how much coverage he gets in the next couple years by the media. Yeah. And it's pushed along just like the Kennedys were in politics, how every Kennedy that was involved in politics was pushed along by the media. You're going to see the same thing that goes for the Manning family. And there's no slight on them. I mean, I think, you know, they're too good a court. I'm not a big Eli fan. Never really was. Peyton, I think, was the truth. And, of course, Peyton's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Eli, to some extent, I think might be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But, you know, to each his own. I don't have a vote, so I'm just from outside looking in.
0: Lincoln, we appreciate the time. Good segment. Thanks for joining us.
1: Always a pleasure, guys. Be well. See you next week, okay?